time. All right, we are coming at you with the post Juventus versus Napoli podcast. We've got a full panel this morning. Okay, myself, Cliff, Lexa, Omar. Um, good morning, everybody. I see the comments. Everybody's uh, ready to go. And uh, usually, uh, you know, we're waiting for you. So uh, it's okay if you guys have to wait for us this morning. We just want to give you a little time to uh, all get in there. All right. So uh, good morning to all uh, the usual suspects that I see already join us in the chat. And uh, look at this. We've got uh, Jat finally able to make his first live chat with us. Welcome, Jat. And uh, let's, uh, let's have some fun. I know the result was something, uh, you know, we wanted more of. Obviously, a 1-1 draw and a big opportunity for Juventus, given uh, Napoli's absentees, to capitalize. Um, but again, we know we ended up with a draw. We're going to do our best to uh, break this thing down. Maybe have a little fun in regards to some of the banter that was floating around there yesterday. What do you guys think? Have some fun with that. Hey. Always love Napoli. Napoli crying a little bit. Were they crying a little bit? A little bit. A little bit of tears, but it's okay. We're going to swim in those tears this season. Yeah, we'll we'll get into all that. We'll get into all that. Real quick before we jump into this, um, if you're listening to the podcast on audio, get over to the YouTube channel, subscribe, join the live chat. That's where all the fun is. Okay, and uh, of course, check out all uvcast.com. A ton of great articles. We just added uh, two fantastic writers. Okay, so the team's uh, growing quickly. And um, of course, stripedheartsapparel.com. Hit the website, check out the merch, and support the podcast. And proceeds go to charity. Okay, now. Without further ado, let's get to this game and let's break this thing down, everybody, okay? We knew Napoli was depleted. And, of course, in the build-up to this one, you had the news breaking out that the ASL of Torino was going to block three of Napoli's players, okay? One of them being Zelensky. And uh, there you go. So there's eruption number one. Uh, with the Napoli fan base and and my the funniest thing of for me was last year when the ASL blocked Napoli from traveling it had nothing to do with the club okay this was just ASL doing their job fast forward to this season and ASL Torino blocking their players now all of a sudden it's a Juventus issue okay and we're cheats and all this just a lot of the usual crying, right? Right? Tip, they're being hypocrites. It's okay to say it, guys. Yeah, it wasn't even towards other teams from the region last season. Like everyone was allowed to play in Serie B and Serie C. It was only Napoli who weren't exactly. allowed to travel. Exactly. My spirit animal, Omar. Let's do this thing. Okay. You're on, <laughs> we're on the same wavelength here. Hypocrites. Okay. I don't like that. Just drop it. And then in the end, this was the best part. Oh, it feels so good being right and just Napoli having to eat their words because the ASL didn't block those players. They ended up playing for Napoli, okay? So after all that, all the crying, all the whining, they were in there. So it was perfectly fine. We get to our lineup, and Dybala starts from the bench, okay? Um just coming back from injury, I really had no problems with it. Um, but we'll get to uh, these guys here. So Juve ends up fielding Tech, of course, in goal. 
All right. Um, Cuadrado, Rugani, Delict, Sandro, McKinney, Locatelli, Rabio, Chiesa, Morata, Bernardeschi. That's the starting lineup. 4-3-3. I loved it. I was fine with it. I said, hey, Dybala can just come in probably 60th minute or something like that, get some minutes in the second half. Given Napoli's lineup, uh, and honestly, even Napoli, for them to say that uh, you know they were really depleted, the back line is probably where I'd say they were hurting. But they still had Di Lorenzo in there, who does good. The other three, you know, Rahi, uh, Romani, Jesus, Gulam, that's pretty bad. But the midfield, uh, Demon Laboka was fine. Laboka was one of the players that the ASL said they were going to block, but they didn't. Zelinski, the other. So their forward line of Mertens, Insigne, Zelinski, Politano, that's perfectly fine. And when we have Rugani on the pitch, that's a little nerve-wracking. But our lineup still, for me, we should have been able to handle them. I had no issues with our lineup or Dybala starting off the bench. What did you guys think about uh, the starting lineup and going with that 4-3-3? Um, let's start with uh, Alexa. Um, I liked the 4-3-3. I thought that was, we saw some reports that it earlier, although those are not usually accurate, mentioning it was going to be a 4-4-2, some other kind of crazy lineups, uh, I think a couple of days prior to the game. So it was refreshing to see like either I'm, like I said, I like the 4-3-3 or the 4-2-3-1, I guess, depending on who's fit, who you're going to play. So I, I liked having, I wanted to see Berna on the wing with uh, Chiesa partnering him on the other wing. So we got to see that, which was interesting. Um, so in terms of the starting lineup, and then obviously Morata playing false nine, that's a, that's a given. So in terms of that, I mean, I didn't want to see Duvall on the bench, of course, but as you mentioned, just coming off of an injury, um, it wasn't too big of a surprise to see that actually. But yeah, I had, other than that, I, I would agree. In terms of who we had available to us, I had no problems with the starting 11. Yeah. There you go, Cliff. So for me, um, I had no problems with it. Like like said, um, if you're gonna not have Dybala in four three three set up flat with just the um, three midfielders, I'm fine with it because that's what our personnel dictates. Um, and then Dybala coming in personally, I would have liked him to come in for Morata at kind of like the center forward role. Um, and I would have liked to see you know those are the times where you know if you put him in for Morata, he provides a lot more creativity um, on the ball. So if you put him and you have Kies on the wing and you have, well, Bernardeschi came out, but if you have those three up top, I think you could have maybe done more against Napoli because Morata, um, he did not have a great game, but uh, we'll get to that later. But from a line of perspective, I was fine with it just based on their personnel. There you go. And Omar? Uh, the, the formation was great. I like 4-3-3, the personnel some of them were just because we had no other options. I uh, would have liked to see either Arthur or Bentancourt in place of Rabio. Uh, I'm frustrated with Morata for a long time now, and I would have been fine with Keane starting, but uh, like we chose to go with Morata, so it is what it is. Should have been in Napoli with that lineup, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, and let's get to uh, the match. We're going to quickly go through uh, the highlights. Everybody knows the drill around here and uh, talk about some moments in the matchup, and then we are going to get to all the goods after that. So, uh, yeah, a lot of frustrations with uh, certain players. Of course, we're going to get into player performances. Um, you see uh, Jat uh, basically saying, if you ask me who hadn't played in a while between Sandro and uh, Gulam, 
I would have sadly said Sandro and KM is absolutely done with seeing Alex Sandro. And um, yeah, it's, it, there's some frustration in some players that are there. And uh, Dells is saying he can finally see that Alexandro is finished. Um, he thought that the criticism aimed at him was harsh, but uh, not any more. Um, yeah. He uh, definitely, definitely did not have uh, a positive outing whatsoever. Let's get to some of the highlights. There was not, a lot to take from it, um, sadly, for uh, Juventus. But uh, we'll get into this. The approach was good from the start. I will give that. Um, Juve had a good approach. But again, I think it comes down to more uh, lacking ideas, right? Here you have a corner kick, though. We're about four minutes in. And McKenney free header, just wide. Um, extremely frustrating. This is a live look at me at work while the game's taking place. Okay. Just absolutely shattered again, conversion right on the opportunities that we do get. It has to be better, has to be better, especially on a free header, but, uh, frustrating. So we carry on and then, uh, you've got Chiesa driving up the field on uh, a counter attack and he decides he's going to have a rip short side off foot to left footed no go here you have the alexandro 360 defending and i'm not 100 percent sure what's going there but we had rugani behind him too and yeah it's just it's messy enough guys there to do something i still say on this shot it took a tip off of uh chesney and that's what threw off delix clearance i say if Tech's able to get a piece of that. He should have done better to have all of it. Personally, that's just me. Um, what do you guys think? Should Tech have done better? Mm, it, yes. It's tough. Yes. I it think you have, uh, you're able to get a piece of that like that. You've got to stop that. He's got to at it, least get more of that. Like he's he's there. I don't know. I'm with Omar on this one. Alexa, what do you think? You're kind of tie break here. Oh. I mean, I agree with you for sure about tipping it, how that threw off Delict. Otherwise, I think he would have cleared that off the line. It was weird because he had all those players in front of him. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm watching that, and I see the – I didn't get any snaps of it from behind him, his view or whatnot, but it wasn't super obstructed from uh, the players. Um, it was really just Sandro in terms of what he could see. But it fires through Sandro really quick. And again, when the keeper gets down quick enough, he can get just a piece. I think he's got to get that whole thing. I think he's got to do better. Um, I wonder, uh, did he know that? Mind, though, of Delic to realize that uh, to get to the goal line there, because he had no players that he really needed to mark. Um, as you see, these three players collapsing uh, to one. That was still should have been Rugani right here. But Sandro made a mess of it. He went over there to help. But Delic's present of mind uh, really stood out there on getting there. But, yeah, whether yeah. Tech needs to do better, I think the whole play needed to do better because it should have really amounted to nothing with where Mertens was and uh, Sandro being there. Just frustrating. Frustrating. Oh, so, do you, yeah. do Sorry? You think that, do you think that he knew that Delit was behind him? That's because I feel like after it, it kind of seemed like he was surprised that Delit was right behind him, ready to clear it. Well, I don't know. I would imagine that there was some communication there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think I feel like that's what they were kind of talking about was the communication and maybe no, that it, even through. He must have seen him. 
I don't know. He must have seen him going to the goal line. It was a positioning issue. Like yeah. If, if they covered the goal well, then it wasn't such a powerful shot. Uh, the leg no. should have gotten yeah. to it, and only the tech touch kind of moved yeah. it away from the leg's leg. So they both yeah. kind of covered the same lane and wow. sort of bumped into each other. Yeah. But, I don't know. Anyways, 1-0 for <laughs> these chumps. We move on. And here, here's a little frustrating for me to see. So you've got Insignia carrying up in the ball. You've got Zelinski, who right now is fine. But you're going to see Rabio close in. And you're going to see Loka also choose to close in. So now you've got McKinney, Rabio, and Loka all right here. And it's just, again, it's just the focus shifting there. Uh, Berna, I'm not really sure here. He just looks like he's got his arms up probably telling them what are you doing so Zelensky gets uh open at the top of the area there and he has a rip a uh, good stop from tech uh pretty close to center though so expected him to save that but again it's just these lapses and for a bit there Napoli was kind of pressing and I didn't I lost that uh fire that we had kind of right out of the gate there a little bit uh, weird and then uh, here we get our goal okay we get to our goal uh, second half here uh, after it ended 1-0 in the first half. And uh, again, this is great from Chiesa. But you have McKenney throwing it in here, trying to get it to Morata for a header. Uh, gets cleared out. Chiesa jumps on it, pounces. Very fortunate bounce off the deflection, off the defender here uh, for Chiesa to go right into the bottom corner. But this is, uh, this is awesome. We needed it, and we were hoping that now we can finally take the game to them and make that push and take the lead. And I think you kind of saw it on the celebration because uh, he goes sliding into the corner. And I think the Bala was immediately telling him like, Hey, get out there. Like, let's go, let's go get the next one. Right. Um, still celebrating with him and whatnot, but great to see Chiesa come back from injury and bag a goal. Um, but I will get into my frustration on the goal. And yes, I know uh, to have frustrations on a goal is strange, but I'll talk about it a little bit later, but we're back in it. Okay, 1-1. One, one. Let's push. Let's get this uh, win, right? Then you have Kiesa again, pouncing on a loose ball, having a rocket of a volley, but too close to Ospina and nobody home for the rebound, unfortunately. And then really, again, we want to push and we want all these chances, but not a whole lot of quality opportunities came out of it. Here's one late where Quad puts in a nice cross. And again, King gets there but just goes wide. So, uh, yeah, frustrating one. We kind of end it there. 1-1 one, one draw, everybody. 1-1 one, one draw. Real quick to tackle some inside of the match topics. One, was there a PK for Napoli? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, I didn't even bother because you can't even find it on a highlight reel, finding the photos of that uh, challenge that they're trying to call PK because there's absolutely nothing there. Cliff, PK? So it's – we talked about this a little bit in the chat. It's really tough. I don't think it's a PK. There is contact, but for me it's not enough contact to, to give anything out of it. And it would be a different situation if he's going towards goal. But if I'm not mistaken, he was going away towards goal. So I don't think it would be given a penalty for me. I don't even consider that contact. I had to watch that thing a million times mm -hmm. to even try and see contact. Alexa, yeah. PK? Yeah, never a pen for me. Never. Yeah, you summarized it well. <laughs> never a pen. Omer? 
Oscars goes to Di Lorenzo. This this isn't even a foul in the middle of the pitch. That, that's how certain I am. There, there was no there's certainly no reason to lie on the ground for ten minutes. Absolutely. Now, is this a PK? Probably. Probably, yeah. but but I, I won't hang on to it. Like if you can't beat a no, team, uh... we're not going to hang on to it. But I just want to make this clear for all the Napoli fans, okay? <laughs> Who has the right to call for a PK? That one never. This one, I've seen many, many times. I've seen it called. Yeah. So, yeah, it should it should be called. So I don't if want you them can't win the game in ninety minutes because. We have something to cling on to ourselves. But the difference was, after the match, I saw Juventini talk about the frustration in our own team. And I saw Napoli completely complain about a delict non-issue and non-PK. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference. And I just wanted to make sure we point mm -hmm. this out. Now, without further ado, let's get to uh, the aftermath. Where are you guys' summaries on this match after it's completed? We're going to start this one with uh, Omar and go back around. An overall summary? Yeah. I want your thoughts on this match, what you saw, um, yeah, what you didn't like, just your overall summary on this match after it's over. 1-1. One, one. Uh, so conviction from one, maybe two players. Very, very slow buildup very slow build-up and, and i i look at how napoli played and their midfielders passed the ball between them in our half our midfielders passed the ball between them also in our half but when it gets to you know near the area the midfielders are non-existent so with three players one of them just hangs in the area and the other two are just running around trying to look for openings but you can't if, when you play a 4-3-3 it only works if the two midfielders join the attack that's what it's built on to create five instead of three in the attack but only McKenny joined Rabio except for that shot at the beginning wasn't there all match long he was kind of just walking around the pitch from defense to attack and I don't know it just looks awful we kind of looked like a mess tactically yeah and Berna and Chiesa switched sides it looked better and then it looked in the first half uh, but once again Everyone who gets the ball, except for Chiesa, takes too long to think what to do. Eventually, it goes back all the way to Regani or the league. And you can't attack that way. Just not a regular way to attack. Because every time, okay, let's try from the right. Quadrado, McKenny, back to Quadrado. Back to, and Napoli reorganize. And that's it. Let's try from the left. Eventually, you'll lose the ball. And then you're uh, defending a counter. So that was very frustrating for me. At least the the slow speed we build our attacks. Uh, I I don't need to add anything about Sandro. Uh, yeah. He always looks like he just finished a, a marathon. Always, pretty much. And, yeah, and that's about it. Thank God for Chiesa. And the only player I I really don't have a knock on that I expected him to not be that good is Rugani. Considering some of the other players, he was fine. Did his yeah. job okay, bit unlucky on the goal, but it was more on Sandro than on him. Yeah. And but let's not overreact. It's a one-one against Napoli. Table-wise, it's not that bad as some might make it seem. 
just a frustrating result because they're depleted and we're at home and we should have gotten more out of it. And I won't count on VAR to save me for to yeah. save me the win. That's about it. Yeah, Alexa, your uh, recap. Yeah, no, that was great from Omar. Um, honestly, agreed with pretty much everything you mentioned. And um, I feel the same. It was a frustrating result just for the fact that it was a tie against a relatively depleted Napoli side at home. And these are the type of the games that we need to win, that we shouldn't be dropping points, right? Like that was a big criticism I remember from last season was dropping points in these types of games. And so I would say in terms of like, Good points from the match. Um, I agree with Rugani doing a pretty good job at the back, better than we expected. Chiesa being back, that was a huge bonus. I think having him back, we just saw this spark in our play and in our attack that we just lack when he's not there. So I enjoyed having him back. Um, Berna, I thought, did well up front with him. I think Berna, Chiesa, Quadrado are essentially our only players that run at defenders. So that I thought was a good bonus. Although Berna, as I think I mentioned yesterday, hold, held onto the ball way too long. Like if he just, if you move the ball, well, as Omar mentioned, a lot of our players do hold onto the ball way too long. If you move it quicker, you're creating something, right? You're, you're doing something more than that. And yeah. I think that um, my frustration for that from that game is mainly um, within the lack of attacking organization. I know, Al, we talked about this yesterday, and I <laughs> tweeted it out yesterday. I was like, I'm going to send a drone to La Continasa to see if they if they train attacking combinations because it doesn't look like they do. Like, I mean, when you when you see them out there, and I don't know if this is, this is honestly Allegri's weakness, and we know that, and Allegri is more of a tactical pragmatist, especially when it comes to the attacking zone. And he was bailed out or like had the talent in the squad that we had when he was here last time for that to work. But now with the players we have now and from our front attacking players, it's just, it's not working. It looks so disorganized out there and it's just crossing, honestly, like at the end of the day, or we send the ball to Keza and he takes players on one V seven. Like that yeah. is probably where my frustrations lied from that match was definitely in lack of organization in the attack but yeah otherwise as you mentioned um approach was 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 like was a, it was a good approach but just in the end we should have had those three points and i think that's where frustration lies with everyone yeah and that's a really good uh segue to what we're going to talk about after cliff gives his recap i'm going to talk about the approach and the separation in uh, just everything overall, and that that's only one little piece of it. Um, but great, great stuff. Um, Cliff, uh, your recap, and then we'll get into, uh, yeah, some questions uh, from live. But guys, don't forget, everybody join us live. Final, final uh, end of the podcast will be the Storm the Barn segment with rapid-fire questions, okay? So if you don't see me, get to them here. We will get to them at the end, okay? So uh, Cliff, your recap. So both of Lex and Omer made amazing points. They both said stuff that I was going to echo, which is Omer said that you can't play like this. If you want to win against Apple, you have to go up with creative ideas. You need to be more attacking, more fast-paced. Um, like everything started with an idea, with McKenney making a run. And I forget who it was who made the initial pass, um, but it was just, you know, served one guy thinking, let me go make a run. And it just starts with that. You need to be creative off the ball and look to make these runs where – you have players like Locatelli and even DeLitt and Bonucci in some games at the back who can make the passes over the top. 
and find you. So just need to be a little bit more forward thinking. Um, and like Lex said, Lex made a great point. They need to do more training sessions where they're working on finishing and working on headers because it doesn't seem like they know how to finish. They should take some uh, tips from Alexa's uh, you know, videos that she posts. She's a lot better at finishing than Morata or some of these other guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, like McKinney, wide open shot missed. Um, Moiskeen missed a header. It's just all coming down to something that we've been saying all season, being more clinical. So for me, I think that was the theme throughout the whole match is just lacking that clinical instinct. Um, and I think once we find that, this UVA team could win a lot more games. Even when, and that's great stuff, and we're now going to tackle it a little bit deeper, okay? Um, so even in, you know, say we get uh, the right approach and everything's right there, you get 22 uh, opportunities and whatnot. Even the right approach with that fire, that uh, tenacity at the start and whatnot, it fizzled. Juve finishes with 44% possession. In Napoli, that, that wasn't their starting midfield, right? It was still a decent midfield. We all said that whatnot, but 44% possession, okay? 22 opportunities total, only five on target, okay? Um, that's just... That's just not good enough. Uh, if you're looking for conversion and you're, you're coming out with uh, five opportunities that actually go on target out of 22, it's got to be higher. Got to be higher percentages, especially right now with this team that just it hasn't been clinical. I said this, I don't know how long ago. I would have these guys burying blindfolded so that they can just like not make that error. It needs to be second nature. This is crazy um, to continuously hear Allegri want goals out of the midfield when our forwards aren't even banging them in is incredibly frustrating to say the least. You are trying to run before you can even walk. Okay. Um, it's incredibly frustrating. So that's just a couple of the stats that stick out to me is, you know, out of 22 opportunities, five on target and out of those five on target, uh, two maybe quality chances, like quality chances are the ones on target, right? Um, and a couple quality ones that uh, just didn't uh, hit the target. Um, so it's frustrating. It's got to be better from that standpoint. The biggest thing I want to get into is you can have the right approach and it's just a piece of the puzzle. The other piece is where is the cohesion amongst the players and amongst the uh, structure, the organization? Like, what are our ideas to create? Because even on our goal, it's a, it's just a one-off cross trying to ping Morata, who's all alone in the area, and the ball falls to the top of the area where Chiesa gets it, and still Chiesa's shot. Very, very fortunate to go in because the defender got such a big piece of it. And luckily it spun off and went into the corner. That's our goal. Our goal was very, very lucky, I think, uh, when you look at the grand scheme of things. And it was nothing that we really did to create. And this is the thing is that that situation is what a lot of Max's offense comes down to. It's just an individual pulling something off out of something that lacks a lot of structure in this match. And we'll get to it now because um, Hanin basically came in with this earlier, which is, can I just say, I hate when Locatelli plays like a center back. So obviously Max uh, did this in terms of Napoli's press 
and dropping Locatelli back to have a little bit of that control. I'm still not seeing, again, in this one, you know how Nap we know how Napoli presses. I didn't expect them to get away with that, regardless of who they had in the lineup. I saw maybe, what, two instances where we got the ball properly, uh, worked it around the side, came back inside to the middle, and Locatelli splashed it out wide. He did one that was incredible, hit Bernardeschi like on this uh, counter left-footed there. left-footed one. But then we just don't go to it ever again. That's the kind of quick ball movement that turns things around. And that's how you, and I've been talking about this for a while. If you're going to counter teams and you want to attack in that meter, you're going to have to cheat on one side and have those options. And Locatelli is the guy that can hit that pass. If Artur is in there, he's not hitting that pass. Um, he's not even attempting it. So there are pros and cons to having Locatelli deeper um in the grand scheme of things in this one was that really the be all end all i don't think so um i don't think so i still see um a team that lacks the ideas and the creativity as a whole our forwards simply do not share an understanding and uh today alex and myself got into a bit of a discussion uh, on twitter about that and talking about uh the players and it's the level of the players. He says, you have Ibala and Chiesa that are up here and Morata's just not there with them. Keen is not with it. I'm not buying into that. And the whole reason is, is because that is exactly why you have a set structure organization and game plan is so that it brings those players to share one understanding and puts their minds together so that they, all that's left for them to do is to execute right now without an understanding and organization structure to our attack, it's a guessing game between the players of what's this guy going to do. And that's why it seems like there's a separation in, you know, levels of where the players are is because you're literally banking on them doing stuff individually. And that's why it comes down to that. But for me, Max is not the guy to get that. And I think that's going to be a big, big problem for this UBA squad. That is me. Those are my thoughts. You guys dissect and fly at it right now. Okay. What do you see in that? Omar, start us off. Uh, Max once said that uh, you can't, you know, force players to, to, to create creativity. You got to let their, their natural skill make that you can bring them all the way to the area, but, when it's when they're there it's up to them and he always kind of counted on players that do it well like uh pirlo or pianic and these guys knew what to do uh, creatively and now we're kind of lacking in this area we don't have that many creative players maybe dibala and locatelli uh, so max need to to intervene and to teach them how to create chances and that's what I'm not seeing right now. We try to be organized in the midfield and defense, and the attack is is pretty much a mess right now. And once again, it goes back to the slow build-up. After that brilliant Lucatelli pass to uh, Bernardeschi, McKenny made a great run, and Bernardeschi should have given him the ball right away. But he waited, and uh, McKenny just ran off, and then he ran all the way to the center. Like, how many goals or assets did you get from that type of run to the center. It doesn't work and Napoli kind of just stayed organized. 
you, you move the ball always in football. I always say that you move the ball to move the other team, not just to move the ball. But if you just, you know, passing across the, the lanes and back and then the other team just stays in formation, nothing happens. Like we, we were always around the area and like you said, 22 shots on goal. I think like 18 of them were from outside the area just because there were no options, no movements, no nothing. Some of them went into, you know, the, the frame of the goal. Most of them went out. And, and that's where our problem lies. We don't bank on long shots because we don't have very good long shot takers. When we had Pogba, it was a great way to play. And now we don't have it. So let's leave that aside and try something new. Overloading the area, okay. If we score three and concede two, I'm fine with it. Nothing wrong with it. But our main problem is not just, uh, you know, not conceding. It's scoring. And they need to just work on that day in, day out. Morata, I don't even know what he's doing anymore. He's losing balls left and right. Um, we, you don't need to bank on long balls because we kind of... We kind of lost most of our balls from simple passes, you know, on the ground to close players that were not executed good. Yeah. Cliff and and, uh, Lex here, what are your thoughts on the structured attack and lack thereof? And so, how much do you think it plays into this? So Omer made a lot of great points. Um, I think it's just down to Allegri, um, as we know, plays very pragmatic. So we're, we, we're not expecting the blue teams out 5 nothing, but... The thing is, I don't think this UVA squad dictates that. I think this squad, um, if played properly, can you know beat teams like Omer said three two. Because I don't think we're as defensively sound as as we were in the past. Um, but for me, what you said before about the level of players, I think it's true that Morata is not on the level of DiBala or Chiesa. But like you said, tactically, if he's in the right scenarios, which a lot of the times he's not putting himself in the right positions, he's not making the run. Sometimes it looks like McKinney's more of a striker than him. In yesterday's game because um, he was making a lot of those forward runs um it, it's just there's a lot of things like omer said also the creativity in the midfield there's not as many high iq players in terms of looking forward and being creative it's really just i feel like locatelli and it's really it for me when i see the the forward thinking rabio is kind of lost um and artur he just passes side to side um when he plays um but i mean Chiesa was a bright spot for our desk he were bright they were bright spots um, you just need a competent striker. Um, I think Morata's great for his work rate. Um, he's really good at pressing, um, but he's just not adept at scoring goals. Like you said in a previous video, at a high clip, he's not a guy who's going to get you 30 goals. He's going to get you probably 12 to 15 goals in a season um, at, at a best, at best. And, you know, if he's doing that, it'd be great. But right now I think he has five goals, five or six goals in the season, which is Yeah, I think there's still issues there. So even if Morata's making those runs, who's playing off of him? Is the ball going to go there? Yeah. What's our strategy? What are we trying to do? That's the point. And even though mm -hmm. McKinney made a couple of those runs, he completely abandoned Locatelli, I don't know how many times, in the middle of the park, as did Rabio. It was brutal. Like, looking at yeah. this team organizationally, it's brutal. Mm -hmm. yeah. And at, Locatelli was point. getting slammed on social media by some for his performance. And I was absolutely shocked to uh, see tweets about Locatelli having a bad performance because I thought he was great. I thought Locatelli had a great game. Um, Locatelli, Delic, and Chiesa, for me, had great games. 
but yeah, I think it's only part of it. And I don't think this is a quality thing. I think you pull in another striker. Sure, he bangs some of these opportunities, but you're still not creating nearly enough. And you're mm -hmm. still playing that game of hope. Lex? Yeah, I agree completely. I I agree with you, Al, in terms of even um, my own opinion about Allegri not really being the man for this job. And unfortunately, I we're gonna have we're gonna be keeping him for another year at least, just because of the contract we've signed him to. Um, but it's just like you said, the lack of structure in the attack and the lack of structure even in the buildup. I mean, like. We've got like we let like even Morata like it's hard to place so much blame on him and some of the other attackers when there's only like two of them up the field, and we have like everyone's way far behind the ball. We have no support coming up to help them, and in terms of yeah, exactly. And in terms of where those players are on the field, it's like no one's joining the attack. We don't have a proper um, link between defenders and the forwards a lot of the time. To find like we're still especially when Dybala is not on the pitch, we still have a um, a lack of transition and so it's difficult for us to attack and work as a team and so I I mean in, in my opinion I saw a little bit at the end of last season we had a bit more I know like a lot of um, a lot of the knocks on Pirlo was the whole like just crossing the ball a lot right especially earlier when he was in when he was coaching but I think by the end I at least saw a little bit more of a system an attacking system as if he's starting to implement his ideas and then we went and changed manager again, which again, giving a manager a year to implement ideas as we've done now three times. And I think that it's, that's not fair to the manager or to the players. And I think in the end, just it shows on the pitch into a relatively disorganized and basically like confused looking team. Cause that's honestly what they look like. Like there's no yeah. cohesion. There's been no consistency. I, you know what? At I one point, uh, McKenney just sorry, Omar. Out. One sec. Yeah. I I have to make this clear. I I'm not saying Allegri out. Okay, I'm not saying. Oh, me Allegri too. Out. Yeah. 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 I'm no. questioning and starting to have doubts about yeah. if he's the guy to turn the corner on this team offensively. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah. 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 I think we that like we give him another year because like he doesn't necessarily have his players yet, right? So like that was my thing. I'm like I'm gonna hold off also on complete judgment of what he's doing because he has to bring in kind of like his players, his squad this summer, give him next year. But I'm, I'm the same. I agree. Al. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's frustrating because, you know, you've got these guys one year removed um, from some successful seasons. I mean, although there was frustrations with Kuliszewski last year, I mean, he was scoring goals. Um, he had decent amount of contributions and whatnot. Um, McKinney, uh, had great contributions uh, in the first half of last season. Obviously, he had some hip injury and then uh, kind of bothered him towards the second half. He's starting to make an impact, but it's got to start to amount in numbers. Um, it does. But again, we need some of the other guys firing. I still just need more of an understanding coming from our players. And it does make me question what exactly are we training like, why are we in January and guys don't have an understanding of what they want to do? Even just a simple game plan. We talked about Napoli and their press and how we were going to, you know, exit it and how we were going to turn it into attack and whatnot. And we saw it a couple of times. And outside of that, a lot of our stuff just kind of came by chance. Like, this is the thing. It's just like our opportunities just kind of like they're just kind of falling there. But 
it's not necessarily anything that we're drilling through. So it's just, it, it's a frustrating thing, but we wanted to definitely touch on that. Um, let's talk about some of these player performances um, yesterday. Obviously, Sandro got absolutely lambasted and uh, rightfully so. I've been taking so much heat for being hard on Sandro for probably about three seasons now. Okay. And I've just always, I've like been saying, I think we need to move away from him. Look, like we need to move away from him and was always getting fed the same lines about his, you know, his experience. And he was great, you know, in 15, 16, whatever. And it's like, we just kept hoping it's going to come back there. Um, we had about what, three or four games at the start of this year where Sandro went back to 15, 16 and then just fizzled. Look, performance wise, it's the striped parts apparel man of the match. If you had to pick a man of the match for Juventus in this one, I want to know your picks. Um, Cliff, who's your man of the match for Juve in this one? Plain and simple, I think it's Chiesa. Um, I think Bernardeschi um, does deserve a shout, so I know some of you guys will probably shout him. Chiesa, that was a one-man wrecking crew. He was always um, you know, putting in the right ideas. He was going towards the goal, um, taking shots, being aggressive. Um, only got one, but the one goal was good. Um, but I think for me, it was him. Yeah, there you go. So Chiesa for Cliff. Uh, Lex? Um, I'm going to have to agree with Cliff and go with Chiesa. I just thought that he had that attacking power. And there's points in the match where he was, quite honestly, all over the pitch. And so, yeah, I agree with Luca too. Yeah, Locatelli definitely deserves a shout. Um, some of the beautiful three balls he made, it was like visions of Pirlo a little bit. But anyways, go ahead, Omar. What do you, what do you say? My, my prediction, Chiesa. Um... If we had one more player in attack that plays like him with that intensity and will, then we would look much better. But he's the only one right now who's creating, yesterday at least, the only one who's creating, taking shots, getting into the area, opening space. So all goes to him. Okay, there you go. Um, now, real quick, I want to remind everybody, we're very, very close to the Storm the Barn session, which is rapid-fire questions. So all your questions that you have... Fire them in the live chat now, and then we're going to get to them, okay? So start getting those questions in right now. Now, for my man of the match, I wouldn't have uh, – Cliff said there was a show for Bernardeschi. I, I didn't have him in the vicinity whatsoever. Um, I thought he was, yeah, a lot of hit and miss in that one. Um, I thought it was between Chiesa, Locatelli, and Delict uh, for me, uh, but probably, yeah – Chiesa obviously would have edged uh, Locatelli in my mind just because of the fact he was always involved and always trying to uh, push things uh, ahead and make things happen. So Chiesa, man of the match in this one. Um, let's get to one of the questions that came in from Twitter real quick, and that is, how did you feel about Max's substitutions in this match? So... At the 66th minute, we had Dybala coming in for Bernardeschi and Bentancur in for Rabio. In the 75th minute, we had Dicilio in for Sandro and Keane in for Morata. Did you guys think um, at least the 75-minute changes should have come in too soon? Because I don't think you could say a 66-minute change to bring in Dybala and Bentancur would have been too late. I think that would have been probably bang on. Um, especially given the circumstances with uh, Dybala, right? So I was fine with that. So maybe the question would be, should Keane have come on earlier? And should Sandro have been uh, taken off earlier? 
Um, what do you guys think about his substitutions? Omar, you're not in your head there. Yeah, the the first two were right on time. Okay, great. The the second substitution should have come like one minute later after the first substitution. 75 minutes is just uh, late. It takes time to get into the groove of the game and Sandro should have come out a lot earlier, maybe even in the first substitution instead of uh, Rabio or Bernardeschi. So, yeah, the second substitution was too late. Kulusevsky, I'm not even going to mention him. I don't remember him being on the field. There you go. Uh, Lex, subs? Yeah, I, I agree with Omar completely. Um, I thought that it was interesting. Someone mentioned it too yesterday, I think, on Twitter. It was like, I never thought I'd be hoping for DeCilio to come on the field. But I think that, yeah, he probably should have come on a bit sooner for Sandro. And then in terms of Kulusevsky, the commentator even said they're like oh I don't think he's touched the ball yet and it was like the 94th minute or something and so even that one was just like it takes a while for players to get involved as you mentioned so I think like it's like a, probably a little too late if you if you were really trying to use him in a way that you, you wanted him to do something out there but. yeah and Cliff yeah who would have thought we'd say we want Deshilio on the pitch um, instead of Sandra three or four years ago but um yeah I think um the developed um, switch and Benton Cruz switch was good, had a good timing. Um, I would have gotten Keenan a little bit earlier, like you guys said, just because um, with strikers, it takes more time to get into the game. And I do think when Keenan's come into games recently, he's been showing good form. So I would have put him in a little bit earlier to see what he can, you know, spark in the team because um, he provides good um, runs um, at times and he gets him right in the right positions. Um, so I probably would have brought that in probably five or six minutes after the first sub because I think they could have made a more um, more impact if they came on sooner. Ma mainly because Napoli looked tired as hell and their first substitution <laughs> was at like the 77th minute. So you expected the, the new guys to run at them and stretch them a bit, but it didn't mm -hmm. happen. So the good news, Kyle Giorgi and Pellegrini are back training with the group. Okay. So to everybody getting fired up about Sandro, Hopefully we see uh, Pellegrini against uh, Roma, which is a quick turnaround. Obviously, we know we played them on Sunday, and that's going to be another one. Big, big uh, result needed. Need the win, need the three points. Um, so big one coming up. We'll touch a little bit on that uh, towards the end here, but that's uh, just a piece of news that uh, just broke out here from uh, Romeo. So now let's get to some of these questions. Um, Luca had one that he wanted us to save for the Storm the Barn session, and we're there. We're at Storm the Barn, everybody. So what's he got? Did Morata look unmotivated to you guys? So in the rapid fire, quick uh, response, just uh, straight out of your gut um, for me. Uh, no, he will, uh, unmotivated was not uh, the issue uh, for me. It's just lack of ideas as a team. Cliff, was he unmotivated to you? Gut says yes. Gut says yes. Lex? No, I agree with you, Al. You said what I would have said. Yeah, Omar? No, it looked like you always look looking for fouls and bad hold the play. That's it. Okay, that's it. There you go. There you go. Do you think the lick could have stopped the goal if it wasn't for tech is what I'm thinking? Yeah, absolutely he would have if it wasn't for tech. Omar? Yeah. 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 Clean sweep there on that one. Yeah, if it wasn't for that touch. But again, uh, you know. I think tech to get a piece, get the whole thing here. Uh, Jat's question: Why does Allegri keep starting Rabio? 
I'm going to let yeah, you yeah. guys back. I have no idea, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should ask God. I I guess none of us have the answer. Only Allegri, Rabio, and God know the answer to that. Yeah, yeah I wish I, I knew the answer. I was going to say, I think his mom keeps threatening Allegri. I think that's why. No, that, to be more precise, he probably prefers his physicality over Arthur's and Benton cores, but it doesn't show on the field, so I have no idea why why he's playing him regularly. Yeah, yeah. It's I think, and again, the frustrating part is everything he seems to say is like he's asking for Rabiu to almost like reinvent himself. Like everything he's asking for, I've never seen out of him. You know, it's like you want this physical, you know, dominant midfielder. And it's like we've seen that a couple times. It's just not a consistent thing out of him. And then you want these goals coming from Rabio, and it's like, well, we've seen like two last season. Like, that's what you're probably going to get. So I don't know. To expect this revolution there is just that's a frustrating part. Mm -hmm. um, next question: Who should start alongside Locatelli and McKinney, Rabio, Bentancur, Arthur, or do you go for the two-man midfield? This is a great question because for me. I'm sick and tired of it, and I say you put two pivots and get get your attackings out there, and if you have to empty the clip, empty the clip. But let's start scoring some damn goals. Um, so I go two-man pivot personally. And it's between Loka, sorry, and McKinney and Loka and Bentoncourt uh, for me as my 1A options. Um, you guys, go ahead. Cliff? I'm going with my man. Oh, we're going two-man pivot, and I'm happy you gave a shout for Loka and McKinney because that's what I've been screaming for all season. That's what I want to see. There you go. Lex? Two-man pivot and completely agree with Al. So either Loka McKinney or Loka Benton Core. Omar? I like the 4-3-3. Uh, Arthur as a CDM and Locatelli on the left. We just need those. We just need someone to join the attack except for McKinney. There you go. There you go. So one with the four three three, rest with the two man pivot. Um, let's get to the next one here. Will we beat Villarreal with this form? Do we even have a chance? Because Villarreal are scoring plenty of goals. We're not even able to beat Napoli's B side. So again, ah, it's frustrating. We should have got the three points there. Um, it wasn't as much of a Napoli B side as we all expected. Uh, through some of the projections. That's besides the point. I'm with you 100%. I'm with all the Juventini out there. We need to get those three points. Needed to be a win. Villarreal is scoring an absurd amount of goals. It's crazy. Um, I think they put up seven on... Uh, was it Atletico? They put they put up seven against one of these teams. It wasn't Atletico Madrid. It was Atletico... Bilbao. Um, Bilbao. Possibly. But like... It's absurd the amount of goals they're scoring. I think they had a span of five matches where they were uh, almost as many as goals as Juve has this season in Syria. In a span of five or six matches, like they came, they're not far off. Like that's the crazy thing, and that's got a lot of uh, Juventini looking at this matchup now and being scared. Um, will we beat Villarreal? I still do. We have a chance. Of course, we have a chance. Um, the Champions League nights are completely different. We still have quite a bit of time to get things going, get things together. 
Brightside, Chiesa, and Dybala are back. Will we be Villarreal? I am always, you know, I'm black and white, and I bleed it till the very end. So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Will it be difficult? Absolutely. But I'm saying Juve goes through. Omar? Uh, Villarreal does score a lot of goals, but it's in the it's in La Liga. La Liga doesn't, you know, hold the defensive work to a higher standards like Serie A. So the stats sometimes lie in that league. Um, they are a great team. They're a fantastic team. They're very well trained and organized. They have some great players, uh, some better than our players. If we can go through, of course we can. It's knockout games. Everything can happen. It's different from league games. Will we go through? I can promise you that. I'm hoping. I'm kind of banking on it. Um, but I you won't better be able it. to promise us, man. What do you mean you can't promise? Us? Make <laughs> no, a damn I'm promise. Sorry. Come on. There's a there's a site called Ask God. You can go on there and ask any questions you want and get the answer that probably satisfies. Here you. at all UVcast, it's Ask Anthony because he'll be the one that says that. He'll say. I, I can tell you his answer. We're going yeah, resting. Yeah, I hope we go through, but the last three seasons doesn't, you know, yeah. give me too much hope. And I agree with you on the terms of the league and the goals and whatnot, but I don't think we can discredit the um, momentum and the confidence it gives any team taking it out of that league into Champions League when you are scoring goals. Like, oh, for instance, now with Juve, it's completely in our heads, I feel. you know. And the longer it goes that we're not scoring multiple goals in games, the tougher it is on the guys and the more tension they put on themselves and pressure picks up and whatnot. And they need to start banging them. We need some goals in these next few matches, like at least two, but like against Roma, I would like to like, we, we got to bag a couple minimum, minimum two against Roma, but I would like to see them get three. Um, we need to start scoring goals and carry it in there. Um, Lex, Villarreal, your thoughts, feelings? Um, I agree with Omar. It's the last couple of years are definitely, I think, in all the Juventini's minds. But PTSD, I think, yeah, yeah, a little bit, right? I mean, but I, I do think that obviously always have faith in Juve. I, of course, we have a chance. Anyone who shows up on the pitch has a chance, and I, I still think we can beat them. And I mean, leave it to Max because if there's one thing he does well, it's tactically matching up against another team. So I. I have faith that I think that I think we'll win. Nice. Cliff. Always. I think Juve wins Villarreal um, for three reasons. Bonucci, Chiellini, DeLitt. I think we can shut down their attack with those three, mid, uh, those three center backs. There you go. It's quick, simple, effective. Now, <laughs> let's get to uh, the next one. Can Sule replace Kulishevsky next season? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Cliff, I haven't seen much of him, but I'd say yes. Yeah, I think just in terms of uh, the preseason and the brief that little stint there, you could just see he's a lot smoother. It's not as clunky as Kulishevsky, and if we're going to be relying on individuals, Sule's pretty silky. So, and what's he really replacing? Because Kulishevsky hasn't hit stride like truly with us. So I don't think there's this big level to uh, replace. If we're going to ask Sule next season to come in and 
play the odd uh, minutes here and there, like Kulishevsky come off the bench, I'm fine with it. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't think you'll see Sule in the uh, first team next season. That's another question for all you. Is Sule in the first team next season? I say no. If no. Allegri is there, then no. There you go. There you go. Sorry to crush it there for you, KM. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Sorry. What do you make of Max's post-match comments doing the rounds on Twitter? Take it with a grain of salt, but uh, sometimes it can be frustrating given the moment. But I think it's... I think I, I'm starting to put the pressers in the same category as players' tweets, where I really don't care. To be honest, um, I need to see things come through on the pitch. Otherwise, it's all talk and it's all BS. That, yeah, that, and that's just how I'm starting to feel. Omar? Yeah. There, there's no point to those pressers. You really want to know what the player thinks? You really want to know? Go look Watch at all that last... Uh, yeah, and go listen to that latest Lukaku interview. See how well it went with uh, Chelsea and Inter. There you go. The said exactly what he feels and thinks. What, did it yeah. go down well? No. You don't want to know what the player or manager really thinks. Kind of, it I agree. You out. It's damage control i think i mean he's just saying things like we said he's not going to come out and give his like complete emotional reaction to the game so i just like you said i kind of disregard it yeah omar said it perfectly it's all smoke and mirrors allegri is one of the best at doing pressers he's never going to give you um anything that's in the locker room there you go there you go okay not sure. Uh, we'll give you guys a couple minutes for maybe any last questions. I'm just scanning through there. The chat's got a ton of talk there. Okay, here's one realistic January transfer. Michael Razzo, I think you, my friend, need to be here Sunday morning because Mirko Di Natale will be there. Um, okay, so he's going to be here. We're going to talk. I'm going to probably really, really grind him more towards the summer because if you guys haven't been paying attention, Mirko has been like the only one. There's been two of the top, kind of the top echelon guys that have said Vlaovic's priority is Juventus. I guarantee you, I am going to grind him on this and just see how confident he feels in it. Maybe we'll put a little wager on it too, because I don't see it happening. But uh, Mirko has been the one staying strong on that. And KM, you will appreciate that in the live chat because you are a hundred percent, hundred and fifty percent that Flavovich is coming. Kind of like I remember Omar being a hundred and twenty percent that Haaland would join Juventus. But I'm still on that boat. To Omar's defense, <laughs> he never said at what age. So I mean we could be getting a 35 year old Haaland at some point at Juventus. Always always right leave a loophole. Always so, leave a loophole. We'll see. But guys yeah, frustrating not to get that. The one point is not the be-all, end-all. Um, these are the tough ones. Um, I think still ultimately when you look at this Juventus and you break down this season up until now, this is not the match that we're going to be kicking ourselves for. I mean, we will a little bit, but it's that Venezia draw. It's at the start of the year, the Empoli loss. You know, it's those ones that are the killers. This Sunday, we got to get it going with... Um, we got to get it going with uh, Roma and have to get a win there. want to get your guys' thoughts going into this Roma match before we kind of get things wrapped up here on the pod. So, uh, Cliff, let's get your thoughts on uh, the Juve and Roma match coming up this weekend. 
Well, Milan just dismantled Roma. So I think that leaves them very vulnerable um, for Juve to just, you know, keep going in on them and, and beat them soundly. But, you know, you just have to be very careful of Tammy Abraham. He's very, very dangerous up top. Um, so whoever's at, at the back needs to be very, very vigilant of his pace and his physicality. Even though he's a little bit leaner, he's six foot five. He's he definitely dominates himself or he makes his presence known at the top. Um, if Zaniolo plays, you always have to be worried about him. Um, Mourinho, he's usually built for the big games. So we'll see. He wasn't up to the task against Milan. So I think Juve could win this one 2-1, but I don't think it's comfortable. I think Roma makes it very difficult for Juve. There you go. Lex, you're making um, some points to some comments. People mentioning about um, the two red cards. That's what I was going to get at. That's what, I was, <laughs> that's what I was pointing at because I think they're going to have two suspensions going into this game. Although, yeah, Luca mentioned it. Although I think it leaves them pretty... I think they're pretty fired up after that Milan match, though. But I think as we will be, hopefully, after that Napoli match as well. So I think we're in for a good one. I mean, I don't I don't want to predict anything. I don't want to jinx anything. But that's all I have to say. There you go. Omar, your thoughts uh, as we get ready for Roma? Roma are always a weird fixture. You never know where it's going to go and what type of Roma you're going to, to get because sometimes they're yeah. a great fluid team and sometimes they're just a shit show um, so hopefully this is the Roma we'll get they have some absentees too uh, it's probably still Rugani playing although like I said it was decent last night uh, I don't know what to think anymore hopefully like you said we get a couple of goals to get things running for the new year and that's about it yeah hopefully we got another question we'll slide in there. Um, do you think signing better players will make us actually play better football or just increase our win percentage? Interesting, interesting question. Cliff? I'm of the mindset that, you know, if you give this team better players, I, I do think you'll see a difference. I think you'd see more wins, and I think you'd actually see better play personally. Hmm. Lex? I'm going to go with better players that fit a system that we have, like signing the right players, not necessarily even better players, just the right players, the pieces that are missing, the player that players we never replaced. Like we essentially we've never replaced Pogba. We still haven't, you know, like that's my thing. It's not even just signing because our players that we have, especially the ones on higher contract, not necessarily bad players. We're just not the right players. So we need that puzzle to fit together better that's that's probably that's, what i would say yeah and that's probably where i would go with it too uh to answer dell's question is just what players do we need like it's mm -hmm. you can pick a better player does he fit what are we trying to fit into because we're going between you know two-man pivots now and three-man midfields and what are we what are we going for here um yeah. better players will help obviously but I still still say let's remember that when Max was coming towards the end and this was not his final year in his second to last season with Juve, we had a pretty solid roster and that team played pretty brutal. So I, I still say it, his thing has always lacked an offensive structure and system and style. So 
yeah, those players, I think, when you get the better players, it saves you. But we we need a little bit more, too. And I've seen some pretty good teams lately that play absolutely awful. Because if you get too many cooks in the kitchen, sometimes that doesn't work uh, either. Uh, Omar, your thoughts on this question? I think these two most of the time goes hand in hand. Uh, it's not either this or that. Like if you throw N'Golo Kante in that uh, midfield, then a win percentage will surely go up. But like like said, it's it's a puzzle. If the yeah. pieces fit, then it all works. If they doesn't fit, then it will look like shit and we lose our yeah. win percentage. And the maxes last year was just, you know, the other teams were awful. We kind of won it by March and lost the, the last couple of games of the season, and it didn't even matter. Yeah. So, that's and the other thing is, too, I mean, if you look at this team, uh, maybe we do more and maybe it looks better given the, the personnel that he does use, right, uh, regardless of the system. Because sometimes, like, if you look at this game, like Sandro's not going to give you anything on the left. You play Rabio as a Mitsala on that side, and you have a completely dead side. And we see it over and over and over. And we saw it with Matuidi and Sandro as well. And this is not a knock on Matuidi because he had his role and played it. But if you put two negatives there, like what do you? It's just what are you going to do? Your play when you get there is always going to stall out and die. And we need to start thinking about that more than anything. And I don't care about this left foot, right foot nonsense. I never have. And I've never played on a team that actually did that, really, to be 100% honest with you. Because the majority of the players around, like when I grew up and where we were playing, right footers. So you played anywhere anyways. And this whole thing, like, break up the Sandro Rabio left side. I'm tired of it. Just put McKenny over there if you're going to play a three-man midfield to give you a little bit of a balance to your sides that you can attack. You've got Quadrado on the other side who's going to attack. Split it up a bit. Break it up a bit. And maybe that helps overall the group and what they can do. Um, and that's just me spitballing because I get so damn frustrated this Rabio Sandro <laughs> side. But, yeah. Anyways, we got to have a big one uh, Sunday against Roma. Guys, appreciate a uh, great panel today. Uh, a lot of great stuff. Uh, Omar's got his hand up here. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I just want to address one last thing uh, that should be addressed. Uh, the chance toward uh, Moiskin uh, near the end. Uh, it's always, when racism happens, it's always bad. It's always disgusting. Just don't go out and throw it in every Napoli fan's face because I'm pretty sure most of them are ashamed of it and are not endorsing it. And they're not at fault for someone yelling at the stadium. I saw some of the famous accounts that posted they're really ashamed of it. When a Juve fan did it to Mike Manian from Milan, I felt ashamed. Uh, racism is a disease. You don't cure a disease by spreading it. And... Don't just don't give this too much attention. Those people will probably be banned. And just let's hope it's never our fans. But don't go through it at every Napoli fan because it's not their fault. Yeah, and uh, this is uh, good to finish up on because I kind of been. Anyone who follows me on Twitter knows the battles I was in uh, this week uh, with Napoli and whatnot, and I was taking it to just a level of banter. 
and they took it to a level of the chance above Vesuvius erupting and, you know, of course, burning the city and all this. And I said, where on earth have you seen me type this on any thread or anything? And I go, so I cannot stress enough to paint an entire fan base with the same brush is ridiculous and not fair. If somebody takes it to that level, then that's a different story. But if they haven't, just leave it alone. And this, what happened there is prime evidence because you have certain accounts out there. They know who they are. Most of you know who they are as well, who will continue to put that nonsense out about the Juventini that were uh, in a crowd that got reprimanded, as well as Lazio fans for the chance towards Napoli and whatnot. I can go and cherry pick a million pieces of evidence of Napoli doing ridiculous things. Their fans, um, kids in the streets with caskets in tow with players' names and faces, pictures posted on these caskets. Uh, start of the season, we had Nedved uh, figure hanging, execution style and whatnot. You can pinpoint all these things. And now yesterday, you have the monkey chance towards Keane and whatnot, and it's absolutely ridiculous. I will not paint an entire fan base with that brush, but it goes to show you there are idiots amongst all fan bases, and that's across all sports. Okay, It is best, like Omar said, let it be, leave it alone. The true ones are the ones that are ashamed, and uh, we just leave it at that and pay no attention to it. The ones that want to play that game, I feel sorry for them. Because that's a sad life if you want to play games like that. Um, so it's best not to get involved. Great, great finishing point there, Omar. As uh, yeah, the league needs to do better. We've been saying that for a while. Um, and this game in general, the ASL and Syria not being on the same page is a big thing too, you know. And it just it's sad because we all love Syria so much but they need to get their shit together basically when it comes to all this lack of cohesion, even between the ASL, they need to get on the same page. The plan needs to be clear because you can't have matches being called off postponed and then other matches in question and then being played way too much unnecessary drama. However, I know that Italians and unnecessary drama almost go hand in hand. Okay. Um, but they got to do better. They got to do better. Everybody, we're going to wrap it up there. We're back Sunday morning uh, for the Match Day Live. Of course, Mirko Di Natale will be here. That will be the time to get any and all of your questions in. Cliff, Omar, Lex, fantastic uh, having you all aboard on this one. Um, let's get the win on Sunday. Okay, everybody, like the video. Okay, subscribe to the channel if you're new here, of course, and share the content, and let's continue to grow this community okay uh, and we thank you all for your support until sunday as always fino alla fina forza juventus ciao